Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. the Arsenal Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. You're with me, Johnny Burrow and Charlie East, Chris Howard and Giles Aniam of Gunnerstown on a big day for the Arsenal. Hashtag we care, do you. The supporters are calling on Stan Kroenke to up his game, frankly, as leader of the club. Gents, Gunnerstown have signed this letter, signed by 16 major Arsenal supporting organisations, a few of whom are going to be on the line in just a minute or two. How frustrated are you by the state of things? Very, but also very happy how the response we've had from this. Um, Already there's a petition that's gone out there. It's just shy of 50,000. The exact number currently is 48,561 signatures. 48,826 as we speak. Going up. Well, that's gone up in the space of a minute. So, but it... it, I mean, we we met a few of us... Four weeks ago. Four weeks ago, yeah. And sort of started this sort of movement and sort of discussions about it. And and everyone in the room was from all different sort of backgrounds and different fan groups who previously didn't get on. Venger in, Venger out. Venger out, shake it all about. Um, (laughs) But it... It just, everyone can get behind this because we've all got that one common goal, the love for Arsenal and the way, and the way we look at, we, 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 we need to sort of try and do something because we've got Cronkay just really sort of. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's what's really, what was really fascinating, we were all there, all three of us were there at the meeting and what was really fascinating for me is there were different factions, different elements of the Arsenal fandom, fan base. Some were what you would call more militant on the other end of the scale, there were less. There were some that were, you know, had a, a friendlier relationship with the club. But what was seen there was the fact that no matter what side of the fence you sat on, they, there was one common thing. We were all desperately disappointed with the situation. And it's not just about transfer this summer. No. It's about a myriad of things. And that's what the letter basically says. There's three or four key points of that <coughs> letter. You know, um, we talk about the accountability, the running of the club. You look at the, the board, the age profile of the board, four old white guys, you know, there's the no... Average the average age is 79. Yeah, average age is 79. How big is it, beyond just the age, that they are all well, white the, guys? The, because but, Arsenal have got a very diverse exactly. fan base. How important is it that someone BAME should be on that panel? It's not just BAME. It's somebody with football expertise and yeah. an independent thinker, as this letter says. So it's not just that they're four old white guys who've all sort of like been execs of big banks or big financial institutions. It's about having the football expertise, knowledge, be able to actually you know, make clear-cut decisions you know, and be accountable for those decisions. Because as we've seen in the last... 12 years you know we've just been on a diary spiral things have been people have been put in place people have been given big salaries they're not you know they've not they've hardly moved that shifted the needle in terms of putting the f- club in a position where we should be challenging for stuff you know we've been overtaken by our local rivals like Tottenham you know so that that's the kind of thing that we're talking about <clears throat> so what needs to change to allow the club to challenge it says in your letter it feels as though Arsenal is at a crossroads Things need to change. What needs to change, and how? One one of the things, in answer to answer that question, one of the things, one of the words that's been going around in my head again and again and again for a long time is this word of accountability. And then, and Giles touched on it, and Charlie's just touched on it. 
But that is one of the fundamental flaws in the way I think Arsenal has been run since the Gazidis, sorry, since the Kroenke area and the KSC has has taken over. If you look at the situation with someone like even Gazidis, who I'm sure you guys know already that I'm not exactly the biggest fan of, but here we have a guy <coughs> who was in a role for ten years and who has overseen um, uh, an increase, no doubt, in the commercial uh, successes at Arsenal. However, when you compare that, I think the phrase, a rising tide carries all boats, when you compare that to the rest of the Premier League and the way and the size in which uh, of Arsenal, what we have been able to deliver just from the commercial side, and this is, a, this, this is the part where Gazidis is in control of, it hasn't been acceptable. The club at the same time has declined in the competitiveness on the pitch. It has declined in the way in which it's been run. And the accountability isn't there because at no stage in recent past have any of us really felt that, you know, if something isn't working at Arsenal, somebody is going to ask questions. Mm. So where are those questions being asked? Who is asking those questions? I think that is the f getting, getting to the fundamental premise of a lot of what we are talking about here. Who is asking those questions? And it doesn't appear to be that anyone's asking questions because you have people like Gazidis who can stay in a job for as long as he had. And you had Wenger who stayed in his job a little bit longer. Like, it, we all knew it was time. Yep. Let's not turn this into a Wenger debate <clears throat> because th that was a, that was a, but that is symptomatic of... It just nothing happened. It just rudderless ship, just lurching forward from season to season. But ultimately, the only thing that really was the final nail in the coffin for Wenger wasn't not finishing top four. It was the empty seats, Apathy. and 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 that was sort of seen across the Atlantic yeah. by Cronkay, and that's when that's the only reason why they acted when they were seeing yeah. the empty seats. Yeah. So that's why and. Let's get something right. I mean, I, there's been lots of things in the past where people saying Cronkay out, and this 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 statement is not saying a Cronkay yeah. out. We're being as a fair, being very fair, saying Enact change, change, change. Enact we, yeah. change. All right, you're the owner of this football yeah. club. You need to have a bit of some sort of be more hands on. Yeah, be hands on. Have a heart yeah. in it. Yeah. Do you mean surely yeah. have a bit of a passion for something? Communication. You own. I think yeah. communication is key here. What communication do we <coughs> get from KSE, which says? You, we know what we're doing. This is our vision. This is the way that we're going to take us forward. And I've had people say, well, actually, you know, they have, um, they've appointed people like Sanyehi. They've appointed people like Ventakasham. Oh, I don't have any real issue with Ventakasham as a person, but he's been in charge of the commercials along with Gazidis in the last three, four years, and he's just been promoted. Oh, you know, what, what, does, what message does that send? That sends, sorry, Johnny, I'm on my rant no, now. No, go, fly. That sends me, that sends a message to me as a fan that, there is an ownership in the US who really don't care. We're going to look, and as long as, at the end of the day, as long as we're making a little bit of cash, that's fine by us. We're you guys just mediocrity. crack on. Do you, you really guys crack think on. this I'll is tell true? Gazidis, you can have your two and a half million pounds a year as a bonus, even though commercially you're not as good. You're not uh, stretching yeah, us. You haven't, you haven't done as much. Yeah. And I'm not an expert on this, but there's a guy on Twitter called Swiss Ramble absolutely fantastic spot interrogates on, the numbers absolutely brilliant you only need to spend five minutes looking at some <clears> of what he says about the way arsenal has been run in recent years under gazis to say he hasn't been successful however he's been given his promotion he's been allowed to stay on it was only him that decided to leave the club because good cronkies don't care mm. you know as long as you're, you're over there in england mate just, just you know keep people off our backs we don't care do you think in a funny way cronkies too rich to engage with the club in the sense that even a Roman Abramovich, who is infinitely wealthy, owns a football club. 
his focus in a sporting context is Chelsea. Cronky owns countless franchises in America in all kinds of sports. His uh, his wife owns a couple as well. He's not going to be focused on Arsenal because Arsenal is one of a vast array of little playthings. It is. It's an investment vehicle. It's not an investment vehicle that he's he's pulling money out to put into his LA Rams franchise or his ranch or whatever. The angle, as we've stated in the letter, is about, for me, is about the European Super League or whichever equivalent further further down the line. That's why, that's what he's using Arsenal for. He wants to make sure he's (coughs) on that, he's on that train, that gravy train. You know, that's why he's not selling to Dangote, the Nigerian guy. He's not selling to any Saudis. He's not selling up to Usmanov. He knows where, what's lying over the horizon. And that's why, you know, he he said he got into Arsenal. What did he say? Not to win trophies. Not to win trophies. You don't get into Arsenal. Also as well, as as a, he's a very successful US businessman. And let's be totally honest, his main concern is the LA Rams. He's got a big project at the moment where they're going across, they're building this new stadium. That, Where have I heard that before? But, no, but, but it is. They are building this 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 new super stadium in LA. Um, he's got a lawsuit coming on from sort of um, St Louis, St Louis sort of council, city council. City yeah. council that want to sue him for taking that franchise away from them across the other side of the country. So, well, could things be worse then? Could we be dealing with Arsenal based in Manchester? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we'd need to think about it because obviously London is a bigger catchment area than than Manchester, so you know <clears throat> there's no need for. But I think um, for me, what it is is he's um, you know he doesn't really care what happens here. You know, yeah. as long as it's as and long the as fans here are different to the yeah. states, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just the the passion yeah. we've got for football and the and the love that we've got over here. I know Americans love their sports as well. It's different. It's different because it's ingrained here. You can, move, like you said, you can move a franchise from one end of the country to another, and you couldn't do that here. The fans are much more invested. It's much more entrenched. It's generational. You know, there's a lot more love invested here, and they think he's finding, he's finding a problem with that. So these people at the top end of the club, do they not care? Or are they just bad at their jobs, or is it a bit both? I think, I think it's a it's a bit of both. I think as long as he's earning money and he can take what he wants out of it, he's got no need to care. It's, it, it, it's, he's not a supporter of the football club, is he? As long as we're ticking over and making money, he's happy. And I think I think as and as you, as we've said before, once he starts seeing his brand being damaged, like we did with the empty seats at the Emirates at that time. That's when he would care. And that's when he would take a notice. And hopefully, with this message now, mm. that's going to get through to the sponsors. That's so from get through to the people. an Arsenal point of view, from an Arsenal fan point of view, it's time for action. I'm just going to read you one line from this letter that Gunnerstown have signed because it reads a bit like a jibe from a Spurs fan. On a match day, the Emirates Stadium can be a soulless place. The atmosphere is poor and there are thousands of empty seats blighting almost every game. Isn't that the responsibility of the supporters? To create an atmosphere, to turn up. Why is that Cronky's fault? Well, it's it's it's, it's, it's a symbiotic about... relationship, yeah. if you ask yeah. me, because you don't get people turning up to professional football teams if, and you don't get people building the love if they're not successful. You do there's a, to, to a point to a point you can, but when you get to the big Premier League teams, and particularly with the way that they're being run as businesses. Um, Arsene Wenger always said, when people used to talk about the fans and the relationship between the fans and the players, he said it's a two-way street. It's actually between the club, the players, and the fans. It's a three-way street? <laughs> Is that a three? It's a little that's, lane in the middle. That's yeah. like a motorway. So. <laughs> I think, um, you know what, I, I really think fans have been priced out. The real fans so have been priced out. 
Yeah. And what you've got now is, I think the demographic of Arsenal fans is between 45 and 55. The season, mainly the season ticket holders. Many of them can't come. Maybe they can only make a few games a season. Maybe they're saving up the credits for a cup final and whatnot. They're not putting it on ticket exchange. Again, that's another thing. The system of getting putting tickets on the system or, or, or on public exchange and, and and the access to it is another problem. And we're not getting enough young fans. There's fans out there in the old days. You know, you, you you know, you the young fan, a fan could walk in off the street, pay his money, and go in. Now it's it's a lot more difficult. You know, you can't. A lot of young fans now you, that would have been going instead are out in the streets playing or doing whatever. They can't. They they've got no relationship. The local kids have got no relationship with that club because they can't get. It's too expensive. So when, but the thing is, the Arsenal don't really care because if the only way it hurts them, as I'm trying to say, if if the empty seats are seen on national, international TV, you know, it doesn't make good. It doesn't, it's not it's not a good look for the game, but. Aside from that, they've already got people's money. They don't care. Mm. It's time for things to change at Arsenal. And, of course, this letter and the hashtag WeCareDU movement is trying to do just that. Throughout the show, we're going to be talking to prominent gooners. And coming up, we'll be chatting to Gav, who's owner of She Wore a Yellow Ribbon, to get his take on things. This is Love Sport. It's the Arsenal Fan <coughs> Show here on Love Sport Radio. You're with me, Johnny Burrow, and the lads from Gunnerstown. I'm delighted to say we're also joined on the line by Gav, who's owner of She Wore a Yellow Ribbon. Good evening, Gav. Thanks for joining us. I know you're a big part of this hashtag We Care Do You movement and the letter that's been signed by 16 major groups, including yours. How did this all come about? Uh, hello there. Good evening. Good evening, lads. Hi, right, Gav. How Hi, are you, Gav. mate? Yeah, all good, lads. You? Very well, thank you, mate. Not too bad. Right, right. Well, basically, uh, a couple of us got talking, and uh, I think it just sort of come to a point, and it was just like, if we don't give this another go, if we don't try and get the fan base united uh, against what Quonky is and isn't doing at the moment, uh, then it's really, really going to be lost forever. Uh, from there, we, like I say, people whose opinions we respected, uh, people who ran blogs, podcasts, etc., were contacted, and like, a meeting was in place. Uh, and as Charlie was saying earlier, we all sat in a pub. Uh, <laughs> we all had a, a little bit of a chat. We all int- introduced ourselves. It was, you know, it started off as sort of like a little bit of a, an introduction. Some people I'd met. I'm before, Charlie, and I'm an Arsenal fan. <laughs> <laughs> Basic. Well, it was kind of like, a, you know, like, you know, I stopped saying, I'm, I'm Gavin. I, I do the she wore stuff, and it, it sort of went round. Really, I mean, I think it was probably the first time I've had a chat with Giles. Mm. Uh, who's a very clever fella, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I'll pay you later, guys. <laughs> text in the post, yeah. And it just kind of went from there, really. I mean, from there it was sort of, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, the uh, the red action, a couple of upset with red action was there. Someone from the AST, uh, a couple of lads from the uh, the Black Scarf lot, uh, a couple of people from Asia, uh, and yeah, no, we all just had a chat, and the sort of general agreement really was look. We've got to do something. There's got to be something that we can do. Uh, and from there, you know, it was four weeks. Uh, there was a little steering committee that was, you know, that made this letter and made this statement. And everybody else sort of chipped in and said their bit on it as well. Some people thought it was a little bit too harsh in places. Some people thought it wasn't harsh enough in places. So, you know, there's been a lot of compromise. 
uh, that's gone on just to you know to get this statement out within four weeks. Yeah. But like I say, the support from all of the lads, all of the the Gunnerstown lads, Giles, uh, everybody that went that meeting, and everybody who sort of uh, joined in from from then on. Yeah. Has, has been brilliant. It's been absolutely brilliant, and the response that you got today was absolutely amazing. Yeah, Gav, absolutely it's, amazing. Gav, it's Chris here. Hello, mate. Um, Hello, mate. Our, how surprised have you been by the response? I mean, did you expect us to get this level of engagement, not just from a UK fan base, but also globally? Well, from previous experience that I've had with things like this, uh, I mean, I don't know if anybody knows, but you know, I was quite heavily involved in protests against Cronky going back like seven, eight years now. Uh, and then a lot of the fan base sort of jeered and sneered at us. I mean, we even had, believe it or not, where there was one event uh, and a few thousand of us walked from uh, Blackstock Road to the ground and people were sort of chucking coins at us. We was protesting against a, a 6% ticket price increase I remember. And we had people chucking coins at us and looking down their nose at us. Were they just and... trying to help you pay for it, Gav? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, di- I didn't go in the ground then, that day anyway, I don't think. Uh, I went straight to the uh, another drinking establishment. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's a theme there, lads. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, it, I don't know. I mean, to, but to answer your question, <clears throat> I am, I'm not surprised because of how I felt about Cronky and how he runs things and how he does things for this number of years. If anything, my surprise is just how much it's gone today, uh, just how big it is. I, I knew it would do okay because of the, the great people that were involved in it. I think it's a great statement. It, the statement had a little bit for everything on it, for everybody on it. Yeah, and you're almost up to 50,000 signatures now on the petition already, wow. which is amazing. Wow. From your point of view, it would by no means solve all the problems of Cronky's tenure, but how much would it mean if he actually started turning up to games? Well, I mean, that's the start of showing that he actually cares. Yeah. I mean, I, I was listening to the show earlier whilst I was uh, on hold, uh, and it was mentioned about Roman Abramovich and how that's it. okay, Chelsea's his only sporting club, but he puts everything into it. And you know, we've all probably seen pictures and videos of him celebrating like a fan when they've won trophies. Yeah. There's no way in the world Abramovich would not have been, you know, in Baku. Do you know what I mean? There's no way. I mean, it, it's just, it just goes, it just powers beyond reason to have an owner that doesn't actually care that you're in a major European final. I think it was the first one for, what, 13, 14 yeah. years? And he didn't even bother turning up. I think that, Gav, as as Charlie, mate, as you said, I think what we've said as well before is we just want him to change. As you said, we just want him to show a little bit of passion for something he owns. We're not asking him to spend £200 million a year. Obviously, it'd be nice. But Mm. just to show a little bit of commitment to the club that he owns, that we love so much. Communicate. Yeah. Communicate to us. Yeah, exactly. Um, And the, the times he has been over here for AGMs, you know, he's hardly ever spoke. He's, he hasn't answered any questions. No. He sits there deadpan-faced. Um, yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, we've got, we've got hundreds and thousands of fans all, you know, all over the world that live and breathe Arsenal. 
you know, absolutely live and breathe Arsenal. And, you know, we've got fans that are, you know, third, fourth, fifth generation Arsenal supporters. Look, you know, live and die for Arsenal. And they, they see an owner that never turns up, can't be bothered to go, you know, can't be bothered to go for major finals. And even like last season, the season before, you know, they've been recruiting in David O'Leary to be the director's representative <laughs> on away games. Yeah. Because our, them, as they they put, them four old white boys, they don't want to be travelling up to Newcastle for a, you know, for an 8pm kickoff on a Monday night when yeah. they could be tucked in, you know, tucked up at home with their, their slippers and their pipe. Yeah. You know, do, you know, the, the, do you know what it, do you know what it says to me? And Gav, there's a really, really good point there about the AGMs. The way that Cronky approaches those AGMs just shows essentially the utter contempt that he holds mm. us as fans with. Yeah. yeah. Oh, exactly. And it, like I say, I mean, he he did have the you know when he bought the shares, he did have the compulsory right to buy everybody's shares off him. But I mean, like I say, there must be there must have been some kind of loophole or some kind of way. Look, even for the you know, even for people to actually be able to keep the share certificate. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? People actually had to send their share certificate back in. And, you know, I mean, I bet there's people that have them on their wall. Yeah, of course. Framed yeah. up on their wall. They've Prouds, now got a hole in the wall where, where their part, you know, where their one share that has been in the family for 20, 30 years sat proudly on the wall. Mm. Gav, how, Gav, sorry to jump in. Well, how proud are you that so many different fan groups have actually joined under this one flag, under this one umbrella? Um, I think it's a bit of a miracle, Charles, to be yeah. fair. I'll be honest with you, because I mean, I, I I sat near you. Uh, I sat with Tim, who I really gave him a big earache all night long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, him and me. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I sat with Ray from Red Action, and me and Ray from Red Action, we've had, you know, I think we had a bit of a clear in the air mm. that night, which was lucky, because five days later, I bumped into him at uh, Junior Gunners too at the zoo. So, um, uh, but, yeah, no, I think it's, it's really, it's really good. I mean, the egos and anyone's kind of me, 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 me was shut completely out of it. Yeah. Uh, I've, everybody's been completely generous with regards to uh, respect and credit. And so many people I've never really talked to or worked with before have come together and come up with good ideas. Uh, and like I say, it's just been a really, really great group group effort. And I think that's reflected on the number of people that have signed the petition. Now, we're calling it a petition. I'm saying that's the number of people that are agreeing with the statement. Mm. So we've got the 16 you know, groups that signed the bottom, and then we've got another 50,000 groups who have done it. Yeah. And like I say, it, it's just been a very, very strong message. And from... Like I say, I had a chat with one of my mates this afternoon, right this morning, rather, and me and him used to do little bits and pieces against Cronky, uh like seven or eight years ago. Uh, and I really, really respect this fellow's opinion. And we had a chat. And he said, well, you know, what's it all about? And we were chatting away. And he said, uh, uh, there's a few things that have really hurt the club's egos in the past. Because one way, the only way you can get at a multi-billionaire is to get at his ego. 
And he said it was things like the billboard that was put outside the ground. It was the stickers that come in uh, everywhere. And like I say, it was a protest against the 6% ticket prices, ticket price increases. But what he was saying is that uh, he had a family member who at the time worked at Arsenal. And he said that there'd be uh, meetings set up with potential invest, you know, potential advertisers and stuff like that. And the first thing they saw as they walked towards the ground was that forward billboard. Mm. And the club hated it so much, they actually took the option to lease that billboard for 20 years. <laughs> right? So nobody <laughs> can ever do that to them again. <laughs> Couldn't they spend that money on a left-back, Gav? <sighs> well... I don't know. No idea. What do we need players for anyway? <laughs> <laughs> and on that cheery note, Gav, it's been lovely Thanks, speaking Gav. to you. Thanks, Thanks for man, joining man. us. Gav, their owner of She Wore a Yellow Ribbon blog, one of the 16 signatories of this letter calling on Stan Kroenke to up his game. And it's a game fought across quite a few different pitches. He owns multiple franchises in the US. And in just a moment, we're going to be talking to Nick Schapanik, NFL writer for the Sunday Times, to find out how his ownership is viewed in the USA. This is Love Sport. It's the Arsenal fan show here on Love Sport Radio with Johnny Burrow and the lads from Gunnerstown. Delighted to say, joined on the line by Nick Schapanik, NFL writer for the Sunday Times. Good evening, Nick. Thanks for joining us. Stan Kroenke owns the Arsenal, but he also owns a host of franchises in America. How's his ownership viewed in the States? Is he a popular man? Well, I suppose the good news is that he was voted only the 15th most hated owner in the United States, of course. Um, <laughs> So, you know, he's, there, there are worse owners, but um, only 14 of them, if, if we're to believe that. Um, well, um, I think the particular dislike is, um, is, is felt for him in, um, in St. Louis. Of course, he moved the Rams um, away from the city to, um, to Los Angeles. Um, and um, this while the city was still paying for the, uh, the stadium that the, that the Rams played in, which is now... Something, you know, some, something of a white elephant. Um, I think what people mustn't confuse him with is uh, any is a fan. I mean, he's definitely not that. Um, it's a business to him. But bear in mind that in the NFL, you know, the most valuable franchise is the Dallas Cowboys, who are worth four point eight billion dollars, and they haven't won a Super Bowl since nineteen ninety six. So, winning is not necessarily the thing that matters to him. What is important to him is that. The Rams um, have increased in value many, many times since they moved to Los Angeles. But having said that, you know they also got to the Super Bowl last year, which a lot of people thought, you know, wasn't uh, wasn't on the on the um, on the horizon. I mean, his other franchises, um, he's technically had to transfer ownership of the uh, Denver Nuggets of the NBA and the uh, Colorado Avalanche of uh, the NHL to um, other family members to to satisfy NHL, um, NFL ownership rules but i mean they're still within the family um and you know they've been less than mega successful I mean, you know that people have qualified for for playoffs and everything but um you know you wouldn't say that winning is the aim for for stan Kroenke. no unfortunately you're right there nick um i nick tolly um these I'm sort not. of statements that are going out at the moment do you think how do you think he will react to this how do you think he will sort of well, I'm sure it'd be across his desk straight away. I'm sure his people have been. But you see, when people say, "Oh, Arsenal feels like an investment vehicle," you know, and they're saying that as a negative, well, of course it is to him. 
Of course, it's and I suppose if you're looking for positives, you have to say that if you want uh, you know an investment visit people to prosper, then it's it's got to make money, and it will make money. Um, you know, by by being successful. Now, my personal view was that while Arsenal qualified for Europe and qualified for the uh, Champions League season after season, he was quite happy with that because the revenues uh, stayed up. I'm, I can't believe that a businessman, you know, with an eye on the bottom line like him, will um, would not want his um, his investment to prosper. So, you know, from that point of view, you'd, you'd have to say that. Whether you know whether it's anything that the Arsenal fans do, uh, I think that he will uh, have to invest at some point, or else you know he risks seeing Arsenal outside the European places and 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 not losing money. Well, not making money, and and that won't be palatable. Um, if you ask me, I mean, I think one interesting thing is the increased involvement of his son Josh, who um, technically speaking is richer than he is. Um, well, because he his, the, um, yeah. his mother yeah. is the Walmart, is a Walmart heiress, yeah. Yeah. and therefore, you know, a member of the richest, one of the richest families in the United States. So he stands to to be wealthier than his dad if he inherits, um, you know, from from his mother's side. And um, he was out there, you know, he was seen on that that Rams um, and Arsenal sort of day out in the states the other day. So I mean, some people, okay, you could say that when he took an interest. Um, you know, in, in Arsenal was when their their winning stopped and when you know Wenger was eased out. But um, maybe there's maybe there's some promise there. Um, Heinick, is there any hope for Arsenal fans that? I mean, you've said that he likes profits. He likes to see teams doing well. Obviously, in America, I suppose that comes from commercial deals and TV deals and bums on oh, yeah. seats. I imagine it's nothing to do yeah. really with. There's no transfer system. So if we, so what, what, you know, can what will he do? What will he do now? He's seen that the club is sort of like in a drift. We're, we're on a downward spiral, so to speak. What can we expect that he will do now? Well, uh, you see. If- if you go, if you look at um, Premier League logic, I mean the most successful. Um, well, first of all, it looked like the Glazers seem to have had a, you know, seem to have found a, a good solution because Manchester United won things while they were, um, you know, they pursued their leverage buyout and, um, if you like, were taking money out of the club rather than putting in. But of course, that has, has tailed off in recent years. But uh, and and the, probably the best model from American ownership is the Fenway Sports Group's yeah. ownership of Liverpool, when of course they have. Um, move. You know, they they did well with the Boston Red Sox um, in the American model and continue to do well with the Red Sox, but also adapted their methods to to be successful in in European football. And I would imagine that certainly Josh Conk is, uh, if if maybe not Stan, who's possibly you know follow, has been following his his model for perhaps too long to want to change, but would be saying you know hey look at what Liverpool have done uh, under under you know uh, John Henry. Uh, maybe this is the way forward, you know, speculate to accumulate. So, because, of course, that is is one thing that you have to do. And, and of course, you do have Premier League and, uh, to some extent, European money coming in to allow you to do that. So, so, um, so you'd have to assume that, you know, to protect the investment, they will would have to uh, at least, to start with, make take steps to keep Arsenal in the top six. So you mentioned Josh. Um so his role now, is he, how involved in is he in the, in the other sort of franchises that oh, uh, stand yeah, well, on? He is. Um, he's, he's, he's sort of front and centre. You know, he's, um, he has, um, you know, I'm more of an NFL expert, but he's, he's, I think it's the Nuggets and uh, certainly the um, Major League Soccer team he's been uh, 
front and centre, you know, and he holds executive positions on them, on on their boards. So, um, you know, I think he he's probably a guy who gets you know he's he's been over to Arsenal. You know, he came over and uh, on a sort of fact finding mission, and uh, you know, he was in the in the uh, director's box at, uh, at the Royal Box at Wembley. You know, for cup finals. So, you know, he's reasonably hands on here and uh, on the other side of the uh, of the pond. So. Uh, you know, I, he's he's yet to ascend to the the hated position that he, that his dad occupies. He, <laughs> as far as I know, hasn't uh, hasn't isn't anywhere on that chart. But uh, I suppose you could say, give him time. <laughs> <laughs> the night is young. Um, can I ask, as you face this kind of criticism? I mean, I mean, I know that there was criticism from the state or the the, the city of Saint Louis when you know, he yeah. moved that franchise. Well, but how has he dealt with that? Part- um, well, he's not called silence down for nothing. Um, you know, as far as we know, it's water off a duck's back. Um, but, you know, the, the, the particular thing about the, um, the Rams moving from St. Louis is he is a native of Missouri. And people thought, oh, you know, he's one of us. He, didn't, he wasn't actually from the city of St. Louis, but he was from the state. And people kind of assumed that that would give him some sort of um, fellow feeling for the Rams. But they um, soon got to, got disabused of that particular notion. So... Um, it is all about the bottom line, but I know in a way that might be the, the saving grace in that, you know, if he wants to protect his investment, he's going to ha- he's going to realise sooner or later that that does mean that does mean putting some money into the club to keep them above the, the hungry clubs like Leicester and Wolves mm-hmm. and Everton. Mm-hmm. Whether whether he's going to put enough into you know to get them into the top four anytime soon is uh, is perhaps another question. Nick, you mentioned that nickname of Silent Stan. Why do you think he is so reluctant to talk to the media? Well, um, it, I, he's got a stutter. It, it's, it's part, <laughs> part of his, it's just his nature. I mean, well, you know, it hasn't done him any harm to, to be sort of reclusive. And um, some people, you know, just are like that. And he possibly has seen that, that being more sort of forthcoming with the media, like... Um, Oh, I don't know, the owners of, uh, at least, say, Jerry Jones at the Cowboys and um, you know, various other owners. It hasn't really done them a lot of good. I mean, you know, OK, Woody Johnson got to be ambassador to, to London, you know, the owner of the New York Jets, but maybe he doesn't have those ambitions. Um, I, I don't know, you know, um, but uh, he is what he is, you know, and he's, that's what he's always been like. And I don't think there's going to be, you know, So Arsenal fans the, can't uh, change Arsenal him. AGM. You don't think Arsenal fans could change him? Um, I don't really see what leverage they have, apart from just not going to games. Uh, it was rather unkindly. Some people said, "Oh well, you know, we could um, we could kill the atmosphere at the Emirates." Well, hello. Um, <laughs> <laughs> with all due respect, uh, you know, it hasn't been a you know, on its on its day. It can be it can be a rowdy arena, but um, you know, there there. Are, I've been to a few games there when it hasn't been much. It hasn't been much of an atmosphere. I think you know that hit him in the pocket. Um, boycott games, but you know there will be other people wanting to take up uh, take seats and. Uh, the problem but that's the thing, you know. Uh, the bottom line is, I think the thing, you know, I could be grossly misrepresenting the poor man here, but you know, to me, it looks like the bottom line is the thing that matters to him. So, if they can hit him where it hurts but you know will enough people you know withdraw their support and cancel season tickets and not buy merchandise 
Mm. You know, that that's going to take a, you know, a, a very concerted effort, isn't it? Yeah, particularly when the new shirt is so good. Nick, lovely to speak uh, yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. And the, and the ad's gone down so well. <laughs> <laughs> very, very, very true. Thanks for all your insight, Nick. Really, really wonderful stuff. Nick Schapanik there, NFL writer for the Sunday Times. What is the next step? Is it time to boycott? Is that is that the only I'd, step? I don't agree with that because I think, Steve, even myself, for example, I wouldn't want to boycott a game. I love getting Arsenal. It's what I like doing. And I know people will say, well, how are you going to expect change then? Well, I like getting Arsenal. And if I give up my season ticket, we've got 100,000 waiting list. Someone else is mm. going to have it. So, so I'm, not, I'm punishing myself for something. Also, it gives them. It probably gives KSC exactly what they want. If we had nobody on the season ticket waiting list, because they can open up all of the uh, tickets to general sale to see how many, um, you know, tourists can come well, and uh, come and, you know, maybe not even Arsenal fans. I know, so, I know, loads of Arsenal fans uh, from across the globe who spend a lot of money to come and watch Arsenal once or twice a yeah, season. Of course. And fair play to them. But I've also seen plenty of people that have turned up at the Emirates who clearly aren't even bothered watching the game. No, I just want to film it. And it's those types of people that don't really care about the club that, hey, that'd be fantastic for uh, for Stan if mm. if Joe and Jane blogs from uh, from from Asia somewhere or, or the Americans come over, they get their programme, they, they spend a lot of money in the club shop and then they disappear off. They're not really that interested. That works for, fine for them. Uh, yeah. They they need those season tickets. They need that guaranteed money. You need you do you need do, that money. Of course, and they need the corporate money as well. And if 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 it, what will what will, what will probably happen is if, if the corporate stop spending their whatever it is every I think they have to they have to buy their boxes in two or three years tranches. If they stop that, as well as guys like you and me and Chris stop, you know, uh, give up our season tickets. I think that's when things might might turn. But I don't think. I, the money's already been paid for, and that's what they're guaranteed. That's what they're banking on. Do you think the people buying those corporate boxes are even Arsenal fans? They're not. No. But that doesn't matter to Arsenal, as long as you buy those two, but, three but years. This, but this is the point, right? Because why would they boycott? They're not going to see the games because no, they're Arsenal fans. But they're going to see the games. They could go to Tottenham. Tottenham's got a brand new spanking stadium. They can go and see the Rams or whoever it is, whatever, or a baseball game or whatever. They're They're transient. They go wherever the you know where, wherever is the hottest. The in ticket. crowd is yeah, yeah, of course. You know, so and that Tottenham Stadium at the moment is the yeah. in crowd, and the, and the money between us and yeah. theirs is shows that yeah. as well. Exactly, it's when it's, it's when it hits his bottom line that's when things you know will, will hurt. I don't. He they guarantee they they bank on that season ticket. Every that's why every May you guys get up in a huff when you see that that email or that letter about season ticket renewals. <laughs> With the season ticket yeah. stuff though, we get a lot of unfair stick for the price of our season ticket. If you actually break it down, it's not actually that bad. Yeah, with mm. the seven. Um, with the seven credits, it's not that bad. It works out in my one, works out an average £41 a game. Yeah. And it's not a lot. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. lot. <laughs> it's a lot. But for me, as a football fan, I mean, I know Charlton tickets are 29 quid. Go and watch Charlton in League One. You go and buy a ticket on the day at Charlton, £29. Pounds. But you do get to see the brilliance of Lyle Taylor in the flesh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but, I mean, look, as far as what happens next... Um, there are plans afoot, but we're waiting to see if they answer these questions yeah. at the Q and A. You know, w- w- what will happen that will will be determined on how the club approach this and how they respond. Mm. The, the, the club have definitely seen this, and they'll be putting their statements together, yeah. adding and deflect it and stuff like that. But and I know for a fact there's people within the club that feel the same way as us. Mm-hmm. So hopefully now this is the message that can go out there. And the most positive thing that's come out of this today, I can honestly say. 
is how everyone has got behind it. Unified. Whether you was a Wenger in, a Wenger out, you're against a club, you go or you don't go. You're another sort. The worldwide Arsenal community, Arsenal community, everyone gets. And we've not had that Arsenal for a very long time, mm. very long time. And we'll be talking to one more member of that Arsenal community in just a moment. You're listening to Love Sport. This is Love Sport. Arsenal Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio with me, Johnny Burrow, and the guys from Gunnerstown. Delighted to say we're joined on the line by John Williamson at Willow1886 on Twitter. Good evening, John. How did this protest come about? Um, well, it started um, about a month ago, just over a month ago. What happened was a group of like-minded fans that had enough of what happened last season and basically decided to do something about it, all messed up in a, a local pub down Holloway Road, and decided on a, a, a plan of action. Uh, oh, John, Charlie, yeah? Hello, Charlie. Hey, right. mate, you good? How you feeling? Yeah, very well, thank you. You good, self? Yeah, good, good. Um, obviously, I'm sure you just listened a minute ago, and, and you'll be in the same bracket as me. We're never going to give up our tickets. We're still going to go every game. So... What, what 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 can change now that to, to really sort of put the pressure on Concave? And I understand that empty seats in the States, that is a massive impact. They don't like seeing that at any sport. What, how, how do you think this sort of statement is going to really sort of hit Concave and how, how, how we can sort of get behind it and sort of work it on it? Well, the good thing is today um, there's been a, a website set up and there's been uh, 40, uh, well, 42,000 Arsenal fans last time I looked on a petition it's against 52, it. It's up to 52,000 now, mate. Is it really? Yeah. And that's in the last hour or so. Yeah. So people coming home from work. Um, the good thing is that the media have got on to this. So I've been at home all day. I've been looking at Sly Sports News. It's been full of it. Obviously, radio stations like this. We've got coverage on most of the uh, national newspapers as well as the locals as well online. So... All that's happening, so hopefully media people out in the USA at the moment, we're asking or touring, as we all know, will uh, ask some questions about it. And that will highlight the, the issue out in America. Hi, John, Chris here. Um, qu- hello, Chris. Just, to, just to, hello, mate. Um, so, Gav came on earlier and talked about, um, you know, he protested about the uh, 6% and uh, back in the day, you know, six, seven years ago. Do you feel like the mood has swung enough that I'm not talking specifically about protests, but certainly about the fans being more vocal, that any kind of action, whatever that may be, taken in future will have more of an impact either on a global level or even at a stadium or whatever type level? Oh, that's a hard one, to be honest. Stadium level, if I could start with that, as everyone knows, who's ever been to uh, the Emirates Stadium will know that the atmosphere isn't good there. And it, the stadium itself's not built for sound. It's basically on four different levels and you've got uh, club level and box level in between upper and lower tiers. So sound doesn't necessarily, if you've got sound below, you don't necessarily hear it up and it's it's not continuous. So to protest in the ground would be very hard. And also the fact that a lot of diehard fans no longer go to Arsenal or very few. We've got a lot more as tourists, people come in just for one game. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about the, the foreign fans, because there's a lot of good foreign fans 
that actually support the club, but those that come in and, and just want to experience the Emirates Stadium, not really Arsenal fans. So it's very, very hard. Away from home, different different kettle of fish. Usually there's 3,000 fans we have away. Um, they're more the die-hard fans, the ones that you know spend a lot of money, more passionate, care more about the club, and it could well pick up away games. John, can I ask Giles here, can I ask you, what brought yeah. you to this point? You said that, you know, last season we've done it for you, but what exactly brought you and guys and people like yourself to this point? Because, you know, historically, we've never had this kind of, you know, unification under, you know, one banner. So what, what, what brought you to this point? Well, really, it was the end of last season, the way sort of we capitulated. I've never been a, a cronky lover, obviously, but I've never been... A pronky hater either. I've never met the guy, um, so I, you know, hear lots and lots of things. But I hear other things that are going on as well at the club, and so I'm quite neutral on that fact. But the fact is that all of a sudden we capitulated last season. Um, lack of players, lack of uh, money that appears to be available, and I'm sure the 40 million that's bandied about. Uh, there's a bit more than that, but obviously Arsenal are very cagey probably wouldn't give that sort of information out. But the fact that we seem to be drifting, going nowhere, Spurs overtaking us, I know it's only short term, well, I hope so anyway, but <laughs> that obviously uh, gets everyone's backs up. And the fact that we, we, it's not about winning trophies, it's about competing. And at the moment, we're not competing. We're not competing in a league. You know, we can get a cup run, obviously, and, you know, with a bit of luck and everything else happens everyone. You know, we can win cups, but the league is where it's at. And we're not competing in the league anymore. You know, we haven't done for a number of years. And it may get worse, it may get better. We've brought a lot of young players now that come into the squad from the academy. And that's a, that's a plus. But whether we can pick ourselves up from that, and probably not. We need to spend money. John, are you expecting Cronky to listen to you? <sighs> that's, a, that's a toughie. Probably not, to be quite honest. Um, he very rarely comes to the Emirates Stadium, so therefore he's in his ranch in Texas or wherever he is, you know, 4,000 miles away. He doesn't, I'm sure he doesn't listen, you know, he's not on social media, he doesn't listen to what's going on and probably doesn't give a damn about what the fans think. You know, he's a multi-billionaire and he don't do that by taking note of, you know, of... of few thousand or ever many thousand he's 52,000 now dissatisfied customers as they call us now mm, it's a tough time to be an Arsenal fan but hopefully better things on the horizon John thanks ever so much for Cheers, your time John. lovely to speak to you John Williamson Cheers, John. there aka at Willow1886 on Twitter <laughs> another of those 16 signatories of this letter gents are you optimistic you've got tens of thousands of signatures already as we've said on the show already Arsenal fans united behind a common cause for the first time arguably in my lifetime where's this going to go next? Well I think we're after a good start Okay, we've got the message out there we've got the support, we've got people behind it as, as people have all mentioned not already, we've got the news outlets behind it we've got a lot of the radio, the press everyone's behind it so we've just got to keep trying to get that message trying to get it out there, trying to just and, and I want to just really stress, 
it's not a cronky out thing, as we've mentioned so many times. And, that, and this statement was very carefully worded. And that first meeting we had, it was very, it was mentioned so much. Mm. This is not an anti-cronky out, out thing. This is not a Charlton situation. No, this is not a, we want you to settle go. We, we want you to care. You're obviously a very wealthy businessman. You're involved in sports in, in the States a lot. You're obviously experienced what you do. And you've got Josh, who's now supposedly, you want him to be involved and you want him to be included in a lot more at the club. We want you to re- as As the guy, as uh, Nick mentioned, the Fenway group, whether they've got the Red Sox and now Liverpool, it's, what they're doing is it's working. It, it, it works. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're, they're investing in Liverpool. They're, they're, they care for Liverpool. We, we just want the same as that. Is it a chicken egg and egg situation though? Because they're investing in Liverpool and they care for Liverpool because it's working on the pitch, and they're but, not going to do that until it starts yeah, working. But, surely on it. but it that, wasn't working on the pitch no, when they wasn't. started, and was it? And what they've done—they've put key personnel in key positions. They've got a, a, a guy that's really big on the stats and the, and, the, and the research and the analytics and whatnot, and, and he's doing a fantastic job. And he's got a great relationship with with the board and with the manager, and that's working fantastically well. They're, they're kind of self. I don't know how much Finn we've put into the club, but it seems that like they've bought and sold really well. Really well, you know. And you, that's something you cannot say about. Send Solanke for eighteen million. You know. Do you know uh, what I'd yeah. say? I'd say. Are Arsenal doing, the people at Arsenal, at KSA, are they doing absolutely everything within their power to make Arsenal as competitive as possible, which is what they've always talked about? I believe if you look at um, the Fenway Sports Group, you'd probably say, well, they are trying, yeah. Yeah. And and, and it doesn't take them just slapping £200 million. That's not what we're asking about. Do all that you can. As you said, Giles, put the right people into the right positions. Hold them accountable. Say, if you do not succeed, if you do not hit the objectives that we give you, we will try a different direction. That's what we're asking. I should have asked Gav this when he was online, but I get the impression that, you know... um, Fenway have a better relationship with their fans than Gillett and Hicks did with theirs and that's what you know we're talking about listening the owners listening that's what they've got to do with us and that's what Arsenal fans are asking for they're asking to be listened to they're asking to be recognised they're asking to be prioritised and the message to Kroenke and the board is clear we care do you Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter.